looks like we finally made it back to the recording studio and into your lives. Did we ever leave? Yeah. (laughs) Some are super fun, but we also know that the party's almost over and we'll be back to scheduled regular programming. Yeah, summer's like uh, the time when you make plans, but then they always fall through. Yep. Not only that, summer ended the moment the CNE rolled into Toronto. Cause that's how that's how it works around here. It's been cold for the last three days. <laughs> it's just been wild. Really? Yeah. It's it uh, like uh, today and yesterday was also like torrential downpours. Oh, yeah, it poured rain here too. So it was great. I love rainy days though. Yeah, your city's had a wild little bit of time, eh? Rain, sun, explosions. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a house blew up. Like. The whole house blew up. Did you see the video The video from uh, the backyard? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> All they cared about is, get out of the dump! <laughs> <laughs> Call 911. Get out of the dump! <laughs> oh, good crazy, old East, though. Good old East London. So, uh, long for, for those who don't know, or for those who listen from other provinces or states, the, the few of you that we know of, hi, hello, um... Somebody was a little over uh, the limit in intoxication and decided to speed. I believe the speed was about 150 kilometers, lost control of their vehicle, went into a a gas line. In a 50 zone. Yeah, went into a gas line at the side of a house, and the house exploded. Now, they didn't say if anybody was injured, right? Like, she is stable, but I don't think anybody was in the house. Is the driver dead? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's impressive. This, but the, you know what? You know more about this than I do, and I live in the city where it happened. That's just because I, I've constantly got my eye on the news over there. So, um, welcome, welcome back to our one of our first uh, return shows from the holidays. We're going to do probably one or two more before the thick of September starts. I know I have a small vacation in September as well coming up, but Ooh. we want to make sure that you guys are... Uh, you guys are, and we are, held both accountable to making sure that we have content for you every week. Yeah, we're going to hold the, the listeners accountable. You guys better listen. Yeah, or <laughs> else. What are you going to do, turn us off? Of course you are. Um, but more importantly, we just want to make sure that you guys, like if you're looking forward to listening to mine or David's beautiful voice, and then all of a sudden we disappear, nobody really benefits from that. There's like a two people size or yeah, two people shaped holes in everyone. That's missing us. <laughs> <laughs> Just shot of David waving. Hello. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the goal is, I believe, one more before the end, uh, well, the, the middle of September. And then by the end of September, we'll be back to, I think we're, we've got two or three planned before the end of September. And then we're back to regular, hopefully weekly podcasts for you all. Yes. That's lots the plan. Of, Lots of live game reviews too. Hopefully, that's that's the the plan going forward. We wanna we wanna really make the content about people and for people. Um, we actually have a special guest coming on fairly soon who um, helps develop Twitch channels, which is really cool. Um, so we're gonna get her to dial in. She's really big into building the community and helping people build communities, both with rating and with proper advertisement. And she's made, or like she's carved a little bit of a niche for herself in the area the network so i think that's kind of cool yeah and it'll be cool to have someone who kind of knows the 
ins and outs of of Twitch and like how to get a following and stuff like that because everyone always dreams of just becoming a streamer and making money that way but it's uh it's a lot harder than people think not everybody can be ninja who actually leads off our news for today i know we've we've been away for about two weeks but i think it's important to note it or note that ninja has left twitch and has moved to mixer um and then there was this huge controversy uh controversy with twitch afterwards because for the first time ever they started well from like since the very beginning of ninja's career on twitch they started advertising other channels including pornhub so there there was this whole thing ninja came out with a statement saying like he's trying to work with twitch to get it removed twitch isn't responding but they're literally promoting porn well twitch is kind of becoming a softcore pornography site Yes and no. I would argue that like there is the the proverbial booby streamer out there, but um, if they do get naked, they do get suspended. But yeah, people still but, pay for that, and that gets the people what they want. But the thing is, is like if you go to Twitch right now, there's this one person that is always showing up as like the popular one. To, you know, like in the oh, it's she's not on right now. Who who is it? Oh, it's like somebody, someone who just dances. Oh, is it um, what's her name? Um, Devin and I found her a long time ago. Amaranth. I don't know, but like, there's this one girl that just like plays, uh, like just dance and all that stuff, and you know, like it's she's got a, like a decent setup with her stream, right? Like sh- she's clearly she's a full time streamer. Clearly does it in f- front of a green screen. She's got like her camera, like shown multi like it just uh she's green screened out so like the game isn't behind her but then she's the last few times i've seen it it's uh she's like tripled (laughs) you know like she's got her person there multiple times so that everyone can see extra boobage yeah stuff like that um if it's the same person that i'm thinking of her her game is fairly strong so she plays just dance and then I believe she wears a. Uh, she cosplays a lot, and tank then she does top, yeah, and really short shorts. Yeah, and she's like really big in the AMSR or ASMR and stuff. When yeah, when myself and Devin were trying to get into Twitch back in the day, we started really researching a lot of people, and we came across her, and we watched some of her streams, and like she does this for eight hours. She's been. Like, she used to stream herself in the gym and got kicked out. Yes, yes. Um, There's a uh, jar of peanut butter on uh, Twitch right now. There was also an animatronic banana, which was really fun. You could yep. type in things to the comments, and then it would repeat it. <laughs> yeah, That's the one. Yeah, she she's a very popular streamer. Yeah, and but you know what the thing is? is like I know that there's a lot of people that th- say that, you know, that kind of stuff is totally fine and acceptable, but honestly was was twitch designed for girls to flaunt their assets or was it designed for people to play games and watch games and stuff like that twitch is a business and the twitch's one business is just like youtube it's eyeballs right so the more eyes you can get on a channel the more advertising revenue you can put on a channel not only that these people like her as an example or we'll use ninja um well, Ninja doesn't really show his body off, um, but 
when you see these people, their advertising revenue is also about like what their computer setup is. You could buy them gifts. You can give them Bitcoin. You can give them subscriptions and donations, which helps fund their streams. The biggest thing, like I, I know she does for a fact, because we found it and we were like, who would pay for this? Is she is also on Patreon, which is like a, um, it's like so she you can she, buy nudes. Yeah, like you can you can sell like scandalous <laughs> photos of yourself. Yeah, or whatever. So she like her business model is tight. It's just she's exploiting a system that is so easily exploitable. And then there's other people who are like legitimately trying to make it, but they can't because they're not booby streamers. Yeah, and and I I've run into some conversations with people who stream or who know streamers and i know that mixer uh, recently kind of went a little more strict on their rules and uh so there was just like one person that i was talking to that was just getting really upset that they were having all of these rules on like the clothing and how much skin they can show and stuff like that and i really don't see a problem with that because like if people want to see skin if you know there's there's platforms for that um but it's just like okay that just goes to show that there are people that think that the only way to get your views and granted you know there's a lot of people that would rather watch someone play just dance in a tank top and short shorts than watch someone play starcraft right yeah but it's it's kind of like starting to take away from you know this i'm i'm doing this stream because i am good at this game or i'm i'm good at whatever it's just okay uh how much how much can i show of my body while casually playing a game or like you know just talking quietly or softly into a microphone yeah well and, that's the and whole make money thing. out of it right like I think that uh, I have no problem with Mixer adding those restrictions on like clothing and stuff like that, especially for age age groups like content. Because what are you telling me? Fifteen year old boys wouldn't like that. I'm I'm <laughs> no you <laughs> girls gross at fifteen no, um, but it's just like I think Mixer has the right idea that they are trying. They know that it's a thing, right? Like and and. Obviously, it's going to continue on, and uh, but Mixer at least knows that okay, this is a platform that we want to be completely accessible to everyone. We don't want to be like, I guess scarring is the wrong word, but you know, uh, young children intimidating their minds, um, you know, because like people primarily go to those things for the video games, right? Like. You wouldn't think of, like, when you think of Twitch, right? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is game streaming, right? Not, like, boobs. So, I don't know. I just think uh, it's annoying. So, my thing is, like, and I I mean, it, it is what it is when we look at people like that. It's not, we're not shaming um, 
her no, or anybody not. else. And like, we'll go on the record saying that um, most of you probably know who we're talking about because you're gamers or you know of, about Twitch. Um, she's a very popular Twitcher. But what we are saying is it's really nice to see people do, like doing it a like doing a little bit of both really focusing on kind of like hey maybe my stream gets a little bit more r not r rated but like 18 plus rated after the kitties go to bed stuff like that you're allowed to do that you're like the one thing that's so great about twitch is it lets you express yourself um i know there's been some people who have been banned on twitch because of like ridiculous things like well, ridiculous or like anti-Semitic or racist things. Um, you have Dr. Disrespect getting suspended once every like six months. Um, like Fortnite streamers still hold a lot of power within the Twitch universe. Mm -hmm. But I do find, and you may or may not be able to agree, but like when you look up like League of Legends or StarCraft or like games like that, like RTSs, that's where you find these types of streamers. You also find, which I'll give her credit for, is cosplayers. Because she plays games and she cosplays. Like, I remember there was, uh, I think Twitch had a Pokemon day not that long ago. And it was kind of cool because all the cosplayers, like if you went on um, like the Just Talk category or you picked a games, um, there was like Pokemon themed streams, even if people weren't playing Pokemon. I thought that was kind of cool. Like there were some mm -hmm. people who dressed up as like Misty, which is a popular one, and there's Joy. Ash Ketchum's all over the place. That That's fun. You're allowed to cosplay. I remember seeing one person doing like a, a Laura Croft thing. Sure. If you want to wear a costume to get some attention on your stream, who cares? As long as like, as long as you're still playing a game or you're having a conversation and you're engaging your, your audience, to me, it doesn't matter. It really does not. See, like I'm just browsing through like what's, pl what's people are playing and where's so, just chatting on the list like so where's just it chatting ranked? is the fourth one on the list with eighty thousand viewers that's crazy so they there's more people watching people just chatting than there are people watching league of legends counter-strike go rocket rainbow league S and rainbow six was number two for most of the day because there was another championship today like right now the top three are fortnite gta 5 and overwatch which is totally understandable but it's like seriously like there are literally just people watching people talk. Okay, I guess, like, you know, we're doing a podcast, right? But I don't know. It's like a lot of these people are like, oh, just, like, what is this? Like, I don't know. Someone's playing, okay, watching, so watching us. Uh, what's this show? South Park. There's, like, empty rooms here, right? Like, it just kind of doesn't make sense. Oh, well, there's another boob one. There's another boob one. And, okay, you scroll down, and it's just, like, all these girls. Oh, another one dancing. You know dancing. what? The first 25 panels, though, I see calling scammers and chilling. Uh, Zari react to bingo. Um, hood drag race night. So people are live streaming drag racing. That's pretty cool. Hype Beast shopping. I think that's just Mr. Beast's channel, which is actually becoming a really cool um web channel the the guy is giving a lot back to the community and then yes you have somebody named yui who is wearing dress sunday um ama no topic off limits and a girl's wearing cat ears and stuff there's a just answer wow like yeah it's everywhere right and, like but like they're not overly popular channels like 500 views i want to see what's getting no views down here 
Like it's one seventy nine. Let's see. Let's see what people are actually trying to do and getting no views. But see, if even if you like scroll down, like all of these girls are, you know, wearing the first thing you see is boobs, right? Like, and that's and and what's this girl? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Okay, forty six viewers in this one. Yeah, this is where I've gone. Like, I love how we just started talking about Twitch and Ninja and the problems with Twitch, and now all of a sudden we're just dissecting like what's getting nothing whatsoever. Like, some this people, is just some like random some, girl. Yeah. That's in her bedroom just talking and it doesn't make any sense. But that's Twitch. That's been Twitch. That's always Twitch. This is why I don't do the streaming stuff. <laughs> we don't do the streaming stuff because we're not good at it. So going back to our original topic, yes, we are trying to bring some people on that are going to try and help us understand Twitch a little bit more and how to be successful on Twitch, not necessarily ourselves, but some other people because it's good information to have. And I really appreciate somebody trying to give back to the community while using using her talents and her like everything that she's got to, to try mm-hmm. and help people build a community. Honestly, just so we're all clear here, David and I are both pro doing whatever the hell you want on the internet. Oh, yeah. Does not matter to us. We're not complaining. If it makes we're you just, money. We're talking about some articles that came out to, uh, this week, and that's just how she, end, she ends. So We love everyone. Yes, we do. We are the world, and we are the planet. <laughs> Have you heard that song by Little Dicky? It's terrible. Oh, or yeah. no, it's um, something about... The environment, it's isn't called it? called like the Earth or something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, we love the Earth. It is our planet. All right, so where do you want to go? Nintendo or movies? Well. I'm letting you decide. <sighs> this is going to be a tough one because there's a lot to complain about about movies, specifically the big the big mouse. Yeah, the, the mouse in the house is about to get roasted by... Your boys over here. So, David, I have a question for you. Should we continue to give the mouse money if the mouse continually makes shitty remakes of classics? Uh, well, that's the problem is that there's people that will always want to see the shitty remakes of classics. Here's a question for you: Did you ever see Cinderella, like the live-action Cinderella? Yeah, actually, we did. You did? Yeah, so it, we watched it randomly because Crystal was trying to sh- tell me who was in Mamma Mia 2. And she's like, I, she didn't want to go see Mamma Mia 2 because she didn't like her play Cinderella. And I was like, "This is." I fell asleep. It was like, it's not my movie. So I didn't even know that movie came out. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, like I just found out about this like two, three weeks ago. And... I don't know when it was that I guess it was kind of after the jungle book when the live action remake Disney films really started to kind of pick up speed. Now, like the jungle book was great uh, for what it was. Cause it like didn't take itself so seriously. Yeah. It, it tried to just be a movie. Which I think yeah. is important. Yeah, like it, you know, there's Mowgli, the kid that literally grows up in the jungle and he talks to bears and orangutans and all this stuff. And the movie looked great and 
the animals looked like they were kind of talking. But then that brings me to, and and you haven't seen the new Lion King though, have you? No, because Chris didn't want to see the new Lion yeah. King. I would recommend not seeing it. I was gonna wait till it showed up on Netflix yeah. or on Disney Flix. Yeah, so I w- I would watch it on there because if you have any ounce of enjoyment of the cartoon, uh, the the live action or pseudo live action one will actually just ruin your opinion of disney more so we went and saw that and the movie itself visually looks amazing um they did an awesome job at making these animals look realistic and they are not real animals um and that's about where the movie stops being good I've heard that there are some points where they intentionally remove dialogue from places that there was dialogue because it's almost a like it's a word for word remake minus they took out words. Yeah, so they took out and edited two or they heavily altered two of the best scenes in the cartoon. Um, Scar's song when he's uh, talking to all the hyenas. Yeah. About and I don't care, you know, people. I hate this movie so much, and it's awful. You shouldn't watch it in theaters. Uh, we are not even putting this spoiler I'm not even warning giving out you a spoiler warning because if you didn't see the cartoon twenty years ago, you ain't seeing this one, or you're five and you don't care. Yeah, uh, and you should be in bed by now. Um, so this the song where Scar is talking to the hyenas about how he's going to kill Mufasa and become king, right? Yeah. That whole thing. It's one of the best songs in the entire Lion King movie. They cut it down to like a one-minute scene of him kind of somewhat singing it, but doing it more of a speech, and that's it. Like it starts off like slow, and you're like, oh, man, like this this might get good because like, I love this song, but then it doesn't. And my girlfriend and I, we were in the theater and we were seeing it. Biggest mistake. Actually, you know what? I didn't pay for it. I had two free movie tickets. So, ha. Huh. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your tiny win. <laughs> yeah. Um, we looked at each other and we were both like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, that's it? And then, um, so that was disappointing. And this other best scene where... Um, Simba kind of well he meets up with or he sees his um, cloud Mufasa like it looked cool but it didn't have the same impact as the cartoon one because they tried to make the clouds kind of like with lightning and stuff like that and the lightning would strike in the shape of a lion's face kind of like you know how like how lions have like the from the the line down from the nose and it kind of goes over to the sides for their mouth yeah yeah lightning would just kind of strike in that in the cloud and you didn't really get this sense that he's talking to the spirit of mufasa because it's not a cloud lion and then they not a lion cloud (laughs) yeah and then they completely removed 
uh, Rafiki. He's like in he there. Just picked, he just picked up the monkey and or the 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 lion cub, and then was like, "Fuck it, I'm out." That was pretty much it. He had the part in the movie, like you know how. Okay, so you know how Simba is all depressed, and then he kind of flops down on the ground there, and all that stuff floats through yeah. the air, and then Rafiki finds it, and he's all like, "Hmm," and then he like crushes it up, and then he does this some weird voodoo stuff, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, Simba, Simba's alive!" Right? No. So this. Uh, he kind of a tuft of his fur falls off, and then gets carried in the wind, and then it's like caught in the water, and then it goes downstream, and then uh, it floats away again, and then an animal eats it, and then uh, an animal poops it out, and then a poop bug is rolling it, and then Rafiki finds it, looks at the fur. That has been eaten, digested, flushed away, all of this stuff. And he's like, Simba. Like, <laughs> like really, Simba must really smell like shit from when he was a cub for him to know <laughs> that that's his fur. It was so disappointing. And, like, yeah. that that movie, just, like, at the end of it, I was like, really? They, they... They took some of the best parts, like the most like climactic parts of the movie and turned it into because I guess they were trying to be more realistic and more artsy, but they ruined it. They, they took that. They took the life out of the Lion King. And that's kind of hard to do because it was a cartoon originally. Well, like everything the light touches is yours. <laughs> like the only uh... thing that the only thing that actually was good James was Jones. James Earl Jones because he was the only original character you know uh what's her name Beyonce was Nala did not work and there's like some bad original song from Beyonce in there um, you can't you can't make the Lion King movie and have an original song by Beyonce well, they no. they can and they did no, because, you cannot. because that was probably part of her agreement for being in it. She's like, oh, I'll be in your Disney movie, but I want to make a song. And it was stupid. It's not like the, the new song that they added to Beauty and the Beast, which worked. I thought that one – you know the one I'm talking about? Where the, like Beast lets lets her go and he yeah, sings that song, the Josh Gorbin song, yeah, yeah. See, like, that was a good. Re- that's probably the best remake I've seen, actually. Yeah, and um, that was a good original song for that film. Beyonce, no, you ruined it. And then on top of that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donald Glover as Simba, adult Simba. He just sounded like he was reciting lines, like. You know, do you remember who played Simba in the original cartoon? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No. No, yeah, the kid Simba, but I mean adult Simba. Wasn't it Matthew Broderick? Yes. No. Wait, who was Matthew Broderick? Uh, Matthew Broderick is Ferris Bueller. Yes, Matthew Broderick. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, someone put, put completely me a, different. Put me on blast or put me on a test and I still yeah. nailed it. Yeah, no, but, like, you know, Matthew Broderick, they could have brought him back as Simba, and it would have totally worked better because, like, that's that's who Simba is, right? And but I, then th- <laughs> this also brings me to another – oh, and uh, 
honestly, the best character other than James Earl Jones as Mufasa is whoever did the voice of Timon. I because know Pumbaa was Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen, which was awful. First off, he can't sing. And I just can't wait. So any of the songs that he had to sing in, it just was awful. Like it was like just stop. Why? And oh, and then they have the Seth Rogen laugh in there as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it just like Timon and Pumbaa. Honestly, the best part in that whole duo was uh, Timon because he's that little. What is it like a? He's a meerkat. Meerkat. A muskrat. And muskrat's thing. And they're already kind of like you know sketchy and like twitchy and all that stuff so like that worked but Pumbaa was just uh, it just wasn't good but then probably the biggest thing that people didn't really like about it and I felt kind of weird about it the whole time too was that because they were trying to make the animals so realistic uh, and they're making all of their mouth movements as realistic as they could to an actual animal it didn't look like they were actually talking that's not surprised so it looked like it was just some weird like audio dub and it it just didn't seem right so somebody told me that they thought that the film was rushed like they had a release date and they were like you know what we have the voice actors we're fine i I feel i don't know like i feel like they had the release date and they met it, but there was a lot. They, they've been working on this movie for a very, very long time. And is this the first movie that um, John Favreau did that isn't like printing money for Disney? Um, well, it is still printing money because I think, if I remember correctly, it is already at. Overall gross, actually, it's low. And I like, know, it's at two hundred and fifty-two million. Is that worldwide? No, that's just domestic. But I can, I can look at worldwide. How do I do that again? Right, got it. Just so, Beauty and the Beast, the live-action one, for comparison, worldwide, did five hundred. Oh, do, domestic domestic total is four ninety six four hundred ninety six uh, million. I was going to say thousand, but that makes no sense. Yeah. So domestic total for Beauty and the Beast was five five hundred four million worldwide one point two two million. But like, okay, what what did uh, Lion King do in its opening weekend? Opening weekend would have been July nineteenth. It it did 275 million dollars yeah so it beat beating the beast but i can see it actually slowing down in in uh so it's interesting that the lion king does not have um a production budget on display like i mean there's a lot less actors or you needed less human actors but it was more animation Mm -hmm. but you also had like a lot of a-listers jump onto this film right yeah it's different. I don't know. I it was just disappointing, and it it makes me concerned for any future Disney animated, uh, like not non-human remakes, 
you know, like where were they making a were they not making a hundred and one Dalmatians movie? They are. They're also making a Mulan movie where they've eliminated Mushu and they will not have any singing. I don't know if I could watch Mulan without knowing how they're going to defeat the Huns. Yeah. What? Like, Th- there's who, no who, singing in that? Who will make a man out of you? There's no singing? This is correct. This is what the, the internet has told me. And why did they remove Mushu? Because he's probably culturally... It was a, a an Asian dragon played by a black guy. So they could have had an Asian play the voice, like... I mean, they could have also not had Will Smith play the genie, but that's another live-action flub. Oh, yeah. How did that one do? Um, I can check. Aladdin led for two weeks. It looks like this year... uh, Wow. Aladdin only made $353 domestic. So it says there are no talking dragons or singing generals in the live action adaptation of Mulan. I'm just, I'm tired. Like, this is going to sound super hypocritical because I will just be like, oh, Marvel movie, cha-ching, Marvel movie, cha-ching. I mean, I've seen, aside from not seeing Spider-Man because of different things. um, Spider-Man is great and I highly recommend you see it. I know I will see it. It's like it's not like I'm not going to see Spider-Man it. Spider-Man feels like Spider-Man feels like two movies in one. It's an epilogue or yeah, no, yeah, it's the epilogue, right? It's yes, technically. But it just the way that they did it, the whole first half of the movie feels like its own movie. And then the second half of the movie feels like its own movie and it feels great cuz you get like it's like a double feature. But anyways, back to uh Disney. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um but the cast will not perform songs. Instead, the songs are presented as a purely instrumental version. Disney's animated Mulan highlighted such classics as I'll Make a Man Out of You by Donny Osmond and Reflection performed by Leah Salonga or Christina Aguilera. Now it will just be an instrumental. Stupid. And then, like... And so, but I, I get what they're trying to do with that and make it more and i'm i'm hoping that it's a little more mature because if they can pull it off as a a decent kind of like martial arts movie i think i would enjoy that um if they can pull it off as like uh like a almost like a historical film as well i think i'll enjoy that but there's going to be a lot of people who mulan is their favorite movie and they're going to see it and be like, what the hell is this? And I think that's that's a problem that Disney's going to face is because, one, they have no original ideas, right? So they're just remaking all of their movies that they've done many times before. And so the the cartoon versions of all of these movies that they're remaking are, for the most part, amazing. Um, and there's always going to be people that, have one of them as their favorite movies like uh, my girlfriend her favorite disney movie is the hunchback of notre dame and when they make that are they gonna find a real hunchback probably not no No, right because that would be that would be inappropriate for 2019 so they're making these movies and they're I think to an extent they're doing justice by them because it's like, okay, this is 
this is what this movie or like what the story is in a modern or not even a modern time, but like in a, a real less, a realistic setting. Right. Yeah. Minus like things like beauty and the beast and the fairy tale ones, but still like it's all within a realm of uh, a potential realm of real realism, realism. <laughs> but for Mulan, for example, you're going to have people who th- love the cartoon and I'm going to be honest, like I've only seen it like maybe like two or three times, but I do know like the parts that do stand out are the musical pieces, right? So you're going to get the people that have these expectations that they want to see these musical pieces and see how they've made them and they're not there, much like what they did with The Lion King. Like I was super psyched to see uh, the one with Scar. I can't even think of the name because... Is it Be Prepared? Be Prepared, yes. I was super psyched to see that that song and how they were going to do it. And they didn't do it. And then it was at that point, I was like, okay. I think the only song that they really put in for the most part, like the whole thing, was um, the one where, uh, what, I'm, I'm going to be king or I want to be I king. Just can't, I just can't wait to be king? Yeah. And that one was done well. But that was the only thing that was done well, other than James Earl Jones. So I don't know, and, and I feel like uh, what, what they're doing another one, uh, Pocahontas. I cannot wait for the uh, public outcry. Outcry for that movie because guaranteed, like, oh, that's not a, a native person playing Pocahontas. Oh, that person's not dark enough skin. Oh. That's a white person playing John. Oh. <laughs> Yo, but that's already happening with um, The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Didn't they change The Little Mermaid to be... She is now African-American. African-American. See, and I don't understand why they had to do that. Like, I, I understand that, like, Disney's game is all about inclusion, but now they're just completely changing characters. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like The Little Mermaid has always and forever shall be known as that red-headed... Wait, who did I see Girl. was going to be Ursula? I think it's Queen Latifah. Oh, are they all... Is it going to be another... Is it, like, one of those... Going to turn into one of those, like, Harlequin black comedies that everyone's mothers love to watch? Oh, it might be Melissa McCarthy. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to put this down as a movie I won't see because I don't like her. I hate Melissa McCarthy. She has been funny in one movie, and then she made a career out of that, and it's just awful. She was in that one. There's a, a movie on Netflix with her in it and a bunch of puppets. Yeah. Wait, that's on Netflix now? Yeah. The the Happy Time Murder Trial? Happy I wanted Time, to see that. It's actually pretty good, except she's not funny at all. She's the worst part of that whole movie, but the the movie itself is, is good. Happy Time Murder Trials. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. her and Joel McHale and somebody else. Yeah. But back to disney again i don't know it's kind of like i think they they're slowly doing to their beloved disney cartoon films what they did what they originally did. no what the they disney did cartoon films. no what they did to star wars but in a slower amount of time no, right like star I, wars they took all of this stuff and like was just pumping something out year after year 
and changing stuff and kind of like doing what they want without looking at the source material and seeing what made it so great. And then people got tired of it. People started boycotting films. Films started not doing very well. And I think that's kind of what's slowly happening with the Disney animated cartoon film live action adaptions. You know, that, I, I think the I movies... I don't think we need them. No, like... Um, do you know what this honestly is? Let, let's look at it logistically and logically. Disney needed a bunch of money to buy Fox. How are they going to do that? They're going to convince people to pay to see a movie they've already seen by remaking it for nostalgia factor. You like, we'll use The Lion King as an example. People probably went with their parents, right? They now have children. So now they're paying like that one ticket that was them or two tickets that was them back in the day is now three or four tickets because they want to go see the Lion King or look at yourself or myself as an example. You went to go see the Lion King because you remember it from being a kid. I don't think, did you see it in theaters originally or you would have been too young? Uh, 92 is when it came out. So you were in three or four. Yeah. I don't honestly remember seeing most of those movies. Yeah. So you would have seen it as a kid. So, the, the 17 or the $10 VHS your parents bought to, to shut you up for two hours at a time was that the income off that, all right? Now, you being nostalgic and your girlfriend being nostalgic have now gone and seen that movie. If you guys had children, that would be multiple tickets, but that's two tickets from adults that have paid for a movie that they've already seen. Same with Beauty and the Beast. Same with all these movies. And the fact that, like, as the generation that saw all these movies originally is getting older, they're having more and more children. Disney is a marketing machine, and they are aware that if they ever run out of money, they know how to continually create, like, create more money, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they shot out a toy, another Toy Story for fun. Hey, and Tom you, Hanks and Tim Allen. It? No, I haven't. It's it's okay. I just like the fork. We run around the house being like, I'm trash. <laughs> It's like the the Toy Story Four is a prime example of that. Actually, it's a I think it's a good conclusion to the Toy Story storyline that they didn't need, and it's pretty much just a uh, what's his name Woody Woody film. Um, it almost feels as if it was like a made for TV movie or like a straight to DVD movie. Where, because Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear, but he's got like 15 minutes of screen time in the whole film. It's a lot of Woody then, eh? Yeah, and it it's just like... But there's a lot of it, buzz like, in the trailer. I know, and that's the thing. It's like, it, it had its moments. It's a, It looks amazing, um, and the, the story is good, but I just feel like it wasn't wasn't really needed. But, hey, people went and saw it. I saw it, okay? Yeah. But also, I'm dating someone who is a huge Disney fan. You know, so much so that we'll be driving, and uh, if she's playing music or whatever, I'd say half of the time it's going to be Disney music at some point. Um, but, like, when we went to see The Lion King, uh, it wasn't, like, a full, full theater I think we saw it on like a 
Sunday night or something like that. Um, and I know that in the row, like the row that I was in, a few seats down to the left was uh, two people who seemed to be roughly our age. So like late 20s, early 30s. And then to the right of us down seemed about the same thing. And then the row behind us, there was a family of, I think it was like three children and two adults. And, you know, like throughout the, the theater, there was like a few other people. But what you said is pretty much exactly right. You know, it's the, the those of us that had grown up watching the, the movie when we were younger and people who did that now that they have kids, they're bringing them. It's it's smart. It's good business. It's marketing. And that's all that really, I guess, applies to it now, right? Like you don't. So they're... what? So what movie would Disney make, like from their original collection, that you would go see? Like you're like, oh, I have to see this. This is my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> all right, Toy Story being live. Actually, that would be really messed up. What? <laughs> like a live Toy Story? Oh. <laughs> no, that's Pixar. Like I'm talking about like Disney animated Disney film. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really like until my sister was born, we didn't have a lot of like Disney princess movies and stuff. Like we had The Lion King. I think Bambi would be kind of interesting. Oh, I want to see Bambi's mom die in real life. I love that French joke. It's like, yeah, the, the writers were really sad when they stopped drawing the baby deer. Um, but Bambi would be probably an interesting one. Emperor's New Groove would be kind of cool because they were already people. Yes. I would say Emperor's New Groove would be good. but Or Hercules, maybe. Oh, I could see a good Hercules film. What I would Atlantis. Pro- I mean, they it... tried with Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. See, my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast, so I was satisfied with the live-action remake of that one. Minus the transformation, which could have been yeah, better. that was weird. but, um, And I think they did a pretty good job of it, it kind of explaining um, or expanding the story as to like, why he turned into the Beast, and, and they kind of made it like a realistic fairy tale, realistic uh explanation as to why he came back alive afterwards you know rather than just like oh you fell in love but you're dead but you're still alive like you know i i enjoyed that i could see them i i think the the better movies for them to redo would have to be the ones with people in it like hercules is a prime example i think that they could do a really good job of that um because like the the only animal in it is Pegasus, his horse, and it doesn't talk. Well, Emperor's New Groove had the llama. Yeah, so with Which that, you could make talk. That'd, yeah, that'd be kind of funny. And like they could they could make it less realistic. Uh like more of a cartoony kind of face, but still look like a llama. What was that? What was that movie that had like the live action talking parrots? Was it Beverly Hills Chihuahua or something? Where like all the animals were like, I'm pretty sure that live action talking animals. 
you're gonna pull up like a list of hundreds of porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you're on Twitch again. <laughs> did, did you mean to search that? Um, there was Babe, which did it really oh, yeah. well. Yeah. Um, Racing Stripes, Doctor Doolittle did it really well. Garfield. Oh, it's called Polly. Oh yeah. Talking parrot movie. Yeah, Polly. G Force. Like, there's been a lot of them. Not all of them are good. But see, like Disney is trying to make it as realistic as possible. And I do think you... that's where they're going wrong. So I like to use this example. Have you ever watched, like, do you have a 4K TV? Yeah, you do. You just yes, bought Yes, I one. do. Yep. Okay. So when you look at a 4K TV, some television shows look really good. Some look abnormal. Day, uh, daytime like um, soap operas are one of those things where it just looks like the 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 people are out of place. Like you're looking at them, like they're in the room but they're not on TV. Does that make sense? Like the dimensions missing. Yes. That's how I feel about things like The Lion King and, um, well, not so much Aladdin. What was that? the Jungle Book? Also looked like that, right? Well, I thought that the Jungle Book, from what I can remember, because I've only seen it once, and I saw it in theaters, and I I thought it did look pretty good, because it didn't, it didn't try and look overly realistic. It didn't try and be something it wasn't. No. Like they, they I think when they made that movie, they knew that they were making a movie about a kid who grows grows up in the jungle talking to animals. So that's that's a tough one because like I know what, I know what you mean but I almost I don't know it's I don't think that uh, the soap opera effect is a is an equivalent or equal type of or fair comparison but I I get what you're saying like it almost doesn't look natural yeah, it, it's like it's it's weird. It doesn't look normal. But Disney just that, needs to take. I think Disney needs to take a break from movies. the live action stuff. <laughs> yeah, from movies. You know what? Like, I think it would be be great if they just went to like TV series. You know, like do like do um like a few different series that are you know four or five episodes long. Right, you get four or five hours of content they could do a full a full extended movies worth of story in those they can explore different worlds they could retouch on some things that they've made and stuff like that it really give them a, the opportunity to kind of almost like refresh their their library and take a break from from having to be like oh well you know what Next one on the list that we have to do is uh, Mulan. So, like, let's check that one off and start production on that. You know, and I think that's kind of like the route that they've been doing with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as far as I know, there's no other feature-length films coming out other than uh, the last or Rise Rise of Skywalker. But there are two confirmed uh, like officially confirmed TV series, The Mandalorian, and one that is uh, following 
Was it the Mandalorian um, one that looked just awful? No, the Mandalorian one looks amazing. Oh no, never mind. I'm think I thought that was the name of that video game, like the new Star oh, Wars. You're thinking of the the game um, Fallen Order, Fallen, Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. Um, no, like so. There's the Mandalorian, which is a TV series that looks, from what we've seen, looks like it'll be great and it's an interesting concept because I, I think that came out of the idea of them doing like a Boba Fett movie or something like that. Whereas like, okay, you know, these spinoff movies, uh, well, if we do them wrong, then they're not going to make us the money that we want because, you know, all the, the last like main movies have brought us billions of dollars and the spinoff ones, not really. Um, so they can explore that and they can stop it at any time. Right, like they can be like, okay, well, this isn't getting as good response as we hoped. Okay, we're gonna quickly write off, like, write two more episodes, and that's it, right? Yeah. Um, there's rumors going around, and I really hope this is true, that uh, you and McGregor signed on for the Obi Wan to play Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's not a movie; it's supposed to be a TV series, which means even more Obi Wan Kenobi. That bring bring Hayden Christensen in, and he's just an older Anakin. Like it could be like a a what if series where Anakin didn't go evil, or you know, like even make a movie where, or a series that takes place between episode one and two. You know, like Hayden Christensen doesn't look a whole lot older than he did back when episode two and three came out, but they could easily make movies where, or like a, a series of like Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi and the things that they, they did him training yeah. and, and all this stuff. But I guess, Oh yeah. Cause the, the clone war series took place between episode two and three. So like that, that would be perfect and tie these movies together. Yeah. Two and three would also be good too. Like where you start seeing Anakin lose faith, right? Well, like that, that happens more in the clone wars TV series. Which actually, um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's really good. I was kind of like eh, put off by the the animation style, but they actually did a really good job with it. And the story is like it makes you feel for the the clone troopers, and it kind of makes you understand how Anakin has slowly become like not liking the Jedi Order. It'd be, but, it, I don't know. It'd be cool to see it like from a, or maybe like a Darth Vader movie. I would like love where, that. I would like, love to see. Who Darth would you Vader have movie. play Darth Vader? That's James a, that's Earl an Jones. No, yeah, behind the mask, sure. But like, if if you're gonna just have him be behind the mask the entire game, or movie. a movie. <laughs> Sorry, that that's one thing. But what if you did like a. A movie that was between six or uh, three and I guess six or three and four, like how he like struggled becoming half robotic and but all see, this stuff. Like, see, he had to be in the suit though, right? Like, so he was always in that suit from forever on. And so, like, could could you not do like a, a prequel to four? That's not three, like Star Wars three and a half. Yeah, I and I think where it's be like cool a, to do like, like like Han Solo, you would just and like Solo, you would just do Vader, and then you could do like Kenobi, 
Call me Disney. I got this. <laughs> like Fett, they could easily, comma boba. They they could easily do uh, like a really like gritty and dark Vader film where he literally is just like kind of cleaning up the rest of the the whatever the uh, wouldn't it be like not building? rebellion, but you know what I mean. The uh, wouldn't it be like? Ooh, I got it. Ready? Yeah. When when this gets made, we know Disney listened. Yeah. Vader, Rise of the Empire. How he like started to slowly put the Empire together. How he like No, but he didn't. That's that's Palpatine. Yes, but he helped. I think if they were to do like a Vader movie, it could be like, oh, he's he's hunting like the last some of the last Jedi's. Oh shit! Larry did the Last Jedi. Well, I don't know. They could easily they could easily incorporate Vader into the rumored Obi Wan Kenobi TV series, which would be super cool. Or or they could just do what they did with the Han Solo movie and ruin everything for everyone. I like that version better. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see chaos when it comes to these movies. Um, all right, let's do a little bit of video games because we're, we're slowly running out of time. And by slowly, I mean rapidly. Um, big news, maybe. There's some FCC filing leaks that have stated that Nintendo is likely putting the SNES on their virtual console. So we could have SNES games by fall. Hopefully, on our because I'm sick of the NES games. I've beat Mario 3. That's all I care about. You know, like I, those games, I only play them when I'm waiting for another game to download. That's why I play Fortnite. Or I bought NBA 2K for $3. I thought about it, but I would probably never play it. This is also fair. I'm like, if, if they release the, the SNES library the same way as they release NES games, I could say that the price of Nintendo Online would be moderately more justified. I mean, it's $18, not 60 Yeah. Um, it's better than them releasing games individually priced. And I think uh, that is an old and overdone and predatorial method because it's like oh we know that you want to play this game so we know you're going to buy it like that's what square square enix does right like is is nintendo disney oh here comes nostalgia (laughs) yeah well it's like square enix does that where they'll re-release a game on every platform and charge you you know 15 to 20 dollars for it it's like okay how many times have i bought this game like and so, yeah, I, I might not be able to play it on my uh, Super Super Nintendo anymore, but I'm now going to have to pay, you know, 20 bucks just to have the ability to play it on my phone. You know, like, I don't know. I, I think Nintendo, with what they're doing with the NES library, that was great, but you're you're still limited to what games they give you. And have you noticed that a lot of the times, like, Oh, new games are 
are out, but it's just the same game, but it's at the last level. Yeah. And then if you die, you have to start the game all over again. And so I was like, okay, well. Well, the save the save feature is great. Yes, that has come in very handy handy sometimes. But if they release Super Nintendo games, I can see them releasing a lot of crap, and then people are just going to be more upset because they didn't release games like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy Four or contra oh they're definitely not gonna release contra because they released the contra collection you want you want to know what my thought is yes i think actually i firmly believe because this is such a nintendo thing to do is everything that was stock on the snes classic would be available day one or they would take the well you can't really track which ones are the most popular ones but everything that was on that virtual console is already ready. It's it's already formatted to be projected in HDMI. These 20 titles are already ready. So they could do a slow rollout or they could drop 20 games and say go nuts. And it all it does is make your Super NES less valuable. Like I love mine. I have it hooked up beside my computer and I just plug it into the HDMI. Play for like 20 minutes and then I go do something else. Yeah. And... But, you know, if they do that, then if if they, I don't know, like if they do it, yes, it will lower the value of the SNES Classic. Um, but would you say the value of the NES Mini has been lowered because of all the NES games available on the I fi- I wanted the to purchase one. Um, the other day, I was just like, you know what? I I might buy... Like, I wanted to buy one, and I wanted to buy one hacked already. I didn't want to do, have to do the work, so I was willing to pay 10, 15 bucks more. There's still a hundred goddamn dollars. They didn't even start at that retail. Nope. They're and brand new for our... I think you can get... I saw one on Amazon for like one thirty nine ninety nine. Honestly, if you get one, I can I can modify it for you it's super easy yeah i just i've never been good at the modifying stuff not that we condone this stuff yeah i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna go back to a story then i was like maybe we shouldn't no so you know what if it happens it happens great i think nintendo's just wasting potential or they haven't figured out how to put 64 games on a on an hdmi screen but that's what the people want. I want like a lot of 64 games and like eight GameCube games. Maybe so like less. The the Switch is technically more powerful than the PS3. So I don't see why they couldn't uh kind of use that power to emulate N64 games. Even if it was like, oh, limited to docked only mode or something like that, if they if they couldn't do that. But the system can play games like Breath of the Wild that look amazing or like Doom that look amazing. So they, sh- they should be able to get it to emulate N64. You know, like you can emulate N64 on a Raspberry Pi. Which, which is cool. Yeah, and and... and substantially less powerful than the switch so 
I, I think Nintendo, I hope that they are moving into the right direction with it. They still fucked up the whole online uh, multiplayer communication stuff. It's been, what, like almost three years since the console release and you still can't message your friends? Yeah. Right? So, like, there's some parts where they're super behind the time still by, like, nine years. But hopefully they're like, okay, you know what, like, maybe if we give people games that they want to play, you know, like Mario, Paper Mario. Yeah, like other stuff. Pretty much Mario games. (laughs) I, I think there's still a large public want for Mario Kart Double Dash or that mechanic to join Mario Kart Deluxe. If they were to release a Double Dash DLC for Mario Kart, I would I would buy that. You know, okay. I I was going to... Sorry, go ahead. I wouldn't even mind if they released like Mario Kart 9 and made it a... a, like the last game in the Mario Kart series for... till their next console. But just make it so that that game, they are constantly releasing content for it. Either carts, new game modes, stuff like that. Like the crazy part about it, and this is going to sound really weird because I got... I got it, or it came with my Switch, I believe. But Crystal really wanted it. But I was so good at the Wii U version that, like, like playing the Switch version is boring. Yeah, you get a few more characters, but there's nothing else. What are you talking about? You get everything. Yeah, but, I like, I liked earning it. I don't like having it all to begin with. Oh, like, but you still have to earn it. Oh, except for the levels. Yeah, like, they're yeah, all but there. Yeah, those, but those unlocked when you purchase the DLC anyways. Yeah, I bought a DLC for a Wii U game. That's how I, much I love that game. Yeah, I bought the DLC too. Plus, you got the Mercedes. Yeah. You got three Mercedes. You got Link. You got... What the hell did you get? You got Villager, and you got... Bunch of different colored shy guys, stuff like that. Yeah. Did they add the me? The Mii was there at the beginning. Beginning, yeah, that's right. Because you could give it up to eight different costumes from the original eight Mii's. Because you could do a Pikachu, a Kirby, a Luigi, a Mario, which makes no sense because they're already in the game. Mm-hmm. A Peach, a Toad, and one other. Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. So there was eight costumes that you could unlock. But where I was going to go with this is, do you remember a game called Cell Damage? Yes. One of my favorite games of all time. Came out on the PlayStation, the Xbox, and that's right, the Nintendo GameCube. And while I was in the Switch store the other day, uh, because I had like a $20 credit, um, I was going to buy it, but I didn't have quite enough, and I just couldn't justify it at the time. But I, I actually ended up buying another game, which I'll tell you about in a second. However. Did you buy Dream Daddy? No. <laughs> Cell Damage was one of my favorite GameCube games. Aside from like Smash Brothers, which they're never going to like port in an old Smash Brothers because you got the new Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Even though that was one of the best Smash Brothers. But these games that were played on the GameCube have already been formatted. There's other games that are in that um, um, the online eShop that have been on other consoles already. So you can't tell me it's that hard to dumb down or uh, upscale a game to allow it to play on this hardware. 
this one was played on multiple pieces of hardware and they've re-released it for the Switch. They didn't re-release it for the Xbox One. They didn't re-release it for the PS4. Nope, the Switch. Yeah, and, and I think... And I downloaded that... Uh, it's a German game. I, I can't remember the name of it. I always used to remember it being called Poulet. It's just the one where you shoot flying chickens. Duck Hunt? No, it's not Duck Hunt. <laughs> it's... Um, How's that game called? Um, German shooting chicken game. It is called dun, 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 uh, Morhun. Never heard of it. It's honestly awesome. <laughs> My dad and I used to play it on computer, so I downloaded it for nostalgia factors and went home and we played it. It was fun. But yeah, so if these companies. Like, I mean, this was, I think it was Pseudo Interactive or Pi Interactive or mm-hmm. something. But EA, EA is still making money on this shit because they're like, yeah, we'll port it over to Switch. Nobody else will. And they just keep porting their games, shitty and good, to the Switch. Let's go. Come on. And there is, a, like, the Switch has been, well, I guess it's Nintendo. Nintendo has been doing really well with the the sales on their games um a lot of times when i purchase games on my switch it's because it's on sale like on the wii u the sales were awful and it's always like oh 10 percent off it's like no i'm not going to do that <laughs> but now with this the, the the switch and i get it like the developers can also uh set a of discount and a lot of times like you'll see something that's on for like 90 percent off it'll cost you like 25 cents it's just like that's a kind of a tactic that they use to show up on like the best selling list so that when they're off sale people will be like oh this looks good uh it's a bestseller and pay full price for it um but like a the a lot of the times like their games they have decent sales on them what did i buy the other day uh monster boy and it was like a remake of like a a sega genesis no a sega master system monster boy game uh and it was on for like 13 dollars which is was like 60 or 70 percent off and i was like yes because i've been waiting for that game to go on sale and it did and i bought it that's like cuphead i'm waiting for it to dive yeah a cuphead for some reason hasn't really gone on much more of a sale than like 10 or 15 percent but its play its play rate is so low. Like if you look at like Steam um, mm-hmm. information, like there's not a lot of people playing this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. N- Nintendo just needs to kind of like, I guess we we say this almost every show when we talk about Nintendo. They need to actually do what the players want, to an extent. You know, like it's no secret that we want Super Nintendo games. It's no secret that we want to play those N sixty four games. But they can't just be releasing them and be like, okay, give us like $30 for a re-release of Mario Kart 64. Like they have to do it in a way that's going to really like increase the sales of their console. Because games sell consoles, right? Like it's not consoles don't sell the games. So if I, I swear you can quote me on this. You can quote us on this. If Nintendo were to release Super Nintendo games 
or N64 games on the Nintendo Switch, it will have a direct impact on the increase of console sales. I don't think you're wrong at all. I think that would be the logical way to look at it, to be honest with you, because you're looking at what's going to really sell a, this, or what's going to be the next driver for the console. They already have a little bit of a controversy because like in Europe, they're doing switch exchanges in North America. They're saying if you bought a, a switch between June and now you can get it replaced with the new one. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely free. But Would then you? they're also denying that as well. Yeah. <laughs> North America is a fun place. You know, it's just like. Yeah. What what are we really doing here? What are, what are we looking at in regards to how we're spending our money and then how Nintendo wants us to spend our money? Because they know, just like Disney, they can get us to buy pretty much anything. If Super Mario Sunshine dropped on Switch tomorrow, you'd buy it. 20 bucks? Fuck yeah. 30 bucks? Sure. $40 would probably be the height of what I would pay for a game that's... I I would not pay 40 bucks. I would pay at most, like... I, I think 30 would be the legitimate limit, but... 1999 US, so like 23.50 Canadian. But haven't we made the argument already, too, that this game um, is directly altered by the the flood? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to port that properly onto the onto the switch because it needs uh analog controls yeah there's no pressure no um a prime example of a game that i was actually excited for in to come out and then i saw the price and i was like nope is uh the grandia hd collection okay. so Gran- grandia i don't know if you've played them they were like uh rpgs like old rpgs from like the super nintendo or like the P- ps1 or something like that uh, but they're they're actually great games, and I remember playing them when I was younger, and I love them, and I want to play the game again. So I was like, oh, okay, the, the collection for the first two games came out, super hype, look at it, $50. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I'm not paying 50 bucks for these two games that like I can play for much cheaper literally anywhere else. And I, I get it. There was, like, development costs that were put into that. But, like, I don't understand why a new original game can come out from a developer and go on the sale or go on its launch price of, you know, $39 and a remake, like, an HD remaster. Like, it's just pretty much an upscale, and they had to port it over to the system. Goes for double that. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I bought um, on the Switch Pillars of Eternity. Uh, this was a game that was originally out on PC. At the time, it was the most f- highest funded uh, Kickstarter game of all time when the Kickstarter campaign came out. It launched on PC, then it was ported over to Xbox and PS4, and it finally came out on the Switch. And, uh, they had, I think, a pre pre order for I think it was like twenty percent off, so it put it down to like fifty bucks or something like that, L- a little less maybe, but the regular price is like sixty two dollars, and I'm like ah sixty two bucks for like a 
a game that's been out for years that I could get for literally half the price somewhere else. Yeah, it's like not. It's like not really, but you know, like I I bought it at the the discounted, like it was like fifty bucks or something like that. But that's because it's on a system that I can take with me. I think that game that's a type of game that would go perfect in the handheld mode that I can. I went camping the other week, and I had my Switch with me and. You know, just sitting outside, having some beers, playing Pillars of Eternity. It was great. Um, but that's like a rare a rare uh, occurrence, I guess, because I had never played that game before, right? So it's like I'm willing to pay the money for that. But when they re-release a game and you have to pay like $40, $50 for just a port of a game... It's kind of like, uh, eh, no thanks. Like the same thing with like the back at E3 or just after E3, they released the Contra collection. Yeah, people were not happy, but they were also like, pumped. It, and it's like 30 or 40 bucks. It's like, no thanks. And the uh, Secret of Mana or like Legend of Mana collection, which is like some old Super Nintendo ports. And it's just like, okay, that's, you know, forty nine ninety nine. It's like, well, Okay, well, for one, that's Square Enix is doing. But at the same time, it's like, okay, these are just ports of stuff that you can literally get anywhere else for a lot cheaper. So I'm hoping that if the if they release Super Nintendo games, that it's not like, a, oh, buy this individual game for $9.99. Um, and eventually, like, they get the Super Nintendo in there. Because, honestly, if if they were to release... Super Nintendo games and even N64 games. And then with your Nintendo online subscription, you get up, get like a, f- a new game added each month to each of those libraries. That I think would justify the value of the Nintendo online subscription. And also, I think a lot of people would just buy the Switch just for those. I don't disagree. The Switch is going to do really well this, this holiday season with some of the games that they have coming out. Mm-hmm. On our next show, um, I do want to take some time to really break down um, the Pokemon information that we've received about Sword and Shield. Oh, yes. Um, little teasers. There are some pretty cool looking Pokemon. One may or may not look like drug para- uh, paraphernalia. With with that... Bongasaur. Being... <laughs> Bongasaur used smoke screen. Blah. Um, with that being said, though, I do... I am curious to see the direction that um, Pokemon is going as it's going to be a core game. Um, you are going to be able to... It's not going to be fully like Pokemon Go where you can just walk into Pokemon, but it is going to be much more challenging because you will have to, to wear them down. Um, the reason we are delaying is Gamescom is coming up this weekend and we want to make sure if they drop any other trailers this week... Um, we have the opportunity to talk about it for you instead of get uh, like saying a few things, sounding like asses, and then coming back. And then be like, oh, so this is just like any other show. We make, yeah. we make crazy, crazy predictions, and they're wrong. And if you're in Toronto um, over the next week, Fan Expo is coming to town. Come see some of your favorite actors. Come see some awesome vendors, buy vintage games, all that kind of stuff that isn't a non that isn't an advertisement i just enjoy going i think it's going to be kind of fun 
Um, I'm hoping to go this year. I didn't buy tickets because work has got me super, super busy. But it is a really good time. And I say that like genuinely and truly. There was one other event that I wanted to plug because I, I believe we're going to try and go. It's the um, EGLX 2019. This is uh, it's a gaming convention, essentially. Um, I, I'm very interested to see kind of how it's going to go. It's a video game expo. Um, there's going to be lots of games for sale. You're going to be able to see huge, um, like there's art tournaments that are drop in with huge prizes, um, huge marketplace, which is really big. And then also the rainbow six national finals are that weekend as well. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I do believe we are attempting to go. We hope we can, cause then we can give you guys some extra content. And we all know you all love your content. Yeah, because even when you don't want your content, you got your content. <laughs> All right, well, I think this has been a, it's a good return show, you know? I feel like I was prepared. I think we hit all of our, our topics, you know, bash Disney, complain about Nintendo. Yeah. Threw a little bit of Star Wars in there. Oh, my God, and we forgot to talk about the new Fast and the Furious movie. I oh, guess yeah. there, there's always a next time, eh? Always next time for Trans Fast and Furious. Yeah, but until next time, we are the Scene on Screen Podcast. Again, I'm Sean. This is David. Take care. Peace.